welcome to Get Involved Referee with Steve Conroy, Des Roach and me, Lindsay Heron. As usual, we'll pour over the weekend games in the SPFL Premiership as the final phase of matches close before the split. And then we'll take a look at the Scottish Cup semi-finals coming up. Uh, John Beaton, Bobby Madden in charge of these games, guys. And we'll maybe speculate about who might get the final. But let's start at Petaudry, if you don't mind. Um, and, well, listen, not a great day for Greg Aitken. Uh, unfortunately, up there, two penalty incidents, Steve, and looks like he got them both wrong. Sad to say. Yeah, I think I agree with you. The first one, in my opinion, uh, without a doubt, was a penalty. Should have been given. And the second one, not in a million years, was a penalty. Um, he's just, and as you know, I'm always looking for a way of get, getting us out of it. And, and both of those occasions, it was just called wrong. Um, there's, there's no way, n- no excuses on that one. And again, we've all done it. We've all made mistakes. But sadly, I think it's not been his best day. And I disagree with both these decisions. Regan, Charles Cook running into the box. I think it was the young lad, Barron, who made the challenge, Des. And my goodness, it looked like a penalty all day long, didn't it? I'm following up with Steve here. I think it was an absolute penalty. There was definite contact. Uh, Regan Cook was was tripped, was impeded. Brennan, uh, Brennan, I don't even think he would have any complaints about it. I've tried to look back at it and see Greg's position. And I, unfortunately, I think he was in a, a good enough position yeah, to, absolutely. to see yeah. it. Would I be putting any onus on the AR1 who was looking across? I would certainly be looking for some, some help. I think it was Graham McNeely. I w- I'd be looking for some help there. But at the, at the end of it, Greg will know himself. You know yourself when you make a good decision and a wrong decision. It was it was a penalty. It was contact. The second one, I don't know what John Hayes could have done. I really no. don't know. The close proximity and the, the pace that the ball was fired at him. He's, what, three yards away? Mm-hmm. Now, you need to be Usain Bolt if you're going to get out of the road of that. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, both penalty calls were uh, the wrong way around. Yeah, I don't think, I'm not awful sure I think Graham could have done much uh, in the first one. Um, and again, you'd, you'd maybe need to look closer at the angles. I don't think he could have dug him out, but the look on Johnny Hayes' face when that penalty was given just said everything. He didn't even bother complaining. He just cast his eyes to heaven. Yeah, um, it, yeah it's a couple of bad calls. I mean, there's no suggestion that, um, you know, that, that, that Greg's perhaps that realised he's made the error and he's trying to level things up there. I hope to God not. Um, if you make... We've, we've talked about it before. If you make one mistake, you forget it, you move on. Absolutely not. And surely, as somebody of Greg's experience and Greg's position, he's not going to try and even things up in inverted commas. I think just pure and simply got two things wrong. And if he was trying to even it up, then that just makes matters worse, I think. Yeah, you don't... But I think we spoke about it before, talking about levelling up. No. If you make a wrong decision, the most important... Uh, the, the, the most important decision is the next decision, and you get that one right. You've got to park that one. You've got to leave it. Okay, I've made an error genuine error and you move on and you just hope you don't make two genuine errors It was a massive goal because obviously Hungbo took the penalty slotted it away lovely and that takes has taken Ross County into the top six and, and consigned Aberdeen to the bottom six Yep and I've said before you know one, no one decision no one game decides things but we've talked a, a few times here about you know one decision that doesn't make a difference but there's been one decision then one decision then one decision so it, it's impossible if, if I was an Aberdeen supporter I'd be I'd be sore that it was taken out of their hands, so to speak. But again, they've had the whole season to get here. If they'd won a few more games, they wouldn't have been in this position. But, uh, but they're there and they've, they've lost it on a sore one. Yeah, happy to be happy. 
Yeah, every team, where the, where the league ends up, the teams are there on their own merits. So probably the best decision that's been made is, um, and it probably was an unpopular one at the time, but Malky McAggie's done an absolutely tremendous job with Ross County not didn't win any of their first 10 games. That's right. And he's now got them into the, mm-hmm. the top six, challenging potentially for a place in Europe. Um, so no, Aberdeen as a club have got massive aspirations. Fortunately, this year it's just not been their year. Absolutely. No, you're right. I and mean, what a job Malcolm McKay has done up there. It's fantastic to see. Um, not so good news for Dundee um, at the weekend. They're still bottom of the table, but they did get a point against Dundee United. Comes some flashpoints in that one, Des. And just before half time, wasn't there between Charlie Adam and Tony Watt? I think it was Dundee United. It was a challenge after Sean Byrne had come in just at the around the halfway line, um, which he was correctly cautioned for, and then Charlie Adam and Tony Watt became embroiled in a an aggressive argument, what is what I would have called it a silly, uh, a silly misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably just saying I don't agree with I don't agree with your your stance on that one, uh, but. It, it was just an aggressive argument for me. I didn't think it merited a caution. Uh, I just a, maybe a good talking to. And I did notice Steve McLean took his time over it and spoke to him for seemed a, a lengthy, a lengthy discussion. But that caution then could have led on to serious consequences later on. Of course, mm-hmm. well, that's the point we're going to make, Steve. Uh, later in the game, Dundee United are two one ahead, and Dundee are chasing, trying to get something out of it. Uh, Charlie Adam goes down in the box looks um, rather um, uh, acrobatic let's say Um, he could have picked up a second yellow could he? He was lucky not to get a a yellow and um, I I think uh, Charlie's acrobatic days are are behind him but certainly it was (laughs) it was theatric what what happened to him yes um, but I, I, th- I think he, he got away with one there. Oh, absolutely. Um, that um, Stephen must have been thinking about a, a yellow for that one. I think so it had to got be. The, uh, you got the. He certainly got away. With, uh, got away with that. I'm not sure. I'd have been quite so generous. I don't think. No, I think why are you, why are you going to ground? Why are you going to ground? He's got the opportunity to stay in his feet, and in my opinion, he's taken that opportunity not to stay in his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie's a wise old owl. He's been around the game for a long time and played at the highest level. He's a Absolutely fantastic football player, but yeah, he's get the the rub of the green on that one. Um, maybe, oh sorry, the rub of the blue. I was going <laughs> to say, don't, don't say green. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he's fortunate. So he's fortunate. of course, I mean, he pops up with a a rather spectacular equalising goal to get a point for Dundee. Yeah, how often does that happen? Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I suppose you you don't score unless you shoot, but um, he. Certainly got the rub of the blue again with the, the <laughs> couple of deflections before that one. Went the rub out. of the tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it might that might be the goal that, that saves Dundee in the grand scheme of things. Okay, they're, they're still adrift at the bottom, but yeah. they've got five games to save their lives. Well, it's certainly much better um, having drawn the game than, than losing it. I, I still, personally, I still think they're gone. I mean, that that's you don't have to be a, a football genius to, to come up with that, but um, it'd certainly be a damn sight harder if they'd lost it. Oh, absolutely. And very surprisingly, guys, um, the Edinburgh Derby, which is traditionally 290 miles an hour, never mind 100 miles an hour, produced very, very few flashpoints. Yeah, there was, thankfully. There was nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing in it. Uh, but because we were talking about getting involved referee, well, Nick Walsh done an absolutely tremendous job to not allow anything to be a flashpoint or be anything that's a discussion topic that, mm-hmm. that we are discussing tonight. It was a, it was a, a I was going to say a timid affair. These games are never timid. Mm. It was it was wholehearted. It was played in the right manner. And I also think, see, when you look at the, the sidelines, both coaches as well, they carried themselves very, very well. The players carried themselves very well. And Nick managed the, the game in the middle very, very well. So 
to have nothing to say about it. You can only give plaudits to to, to all involved. Mm-hmm. Well, we've, we've credited Celtic Rangers uh, players and management uh, of late, so exact same to uh, Hearts and Hibs. Um, yep. Anybody could, you know, you can get hot heads in any game, but certainly was none of that uh, on display. There's, there's no headlines. Fair play to them all. It's not always been like that though, Steve. And, oh, you'll, and you'll know from your, your own experience, um, a bit of a pitch invasion during one of your games in charge, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the more memorable ones. Um, Derek Riordan down at the, the Hearts end got a, a, a penalty. Turned to celebrate it. Um, thankfully, it was an empty part of the stadium uh, at that point. And we were all just getting ready, turning away to uh, start the game again. And I can't remember who the fourth official was, uh, but shouted at me uh, behind you. And I just thought, what the hell is that? Looked behind me and said, well, who's behind me? And there's this guy heading out from the, uh, heading out from the, the stands to have a go at uh, Riordan. But I, I got a bit of a row for uh, intervening. Uh, I should have just got out of the way, but you thought I, you were, I stood my ground. You thought you were in panel with people shouting who's behind you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Derek Riordan owes you, a, owes you a, a pint at least for stopping this man from getting anywhere near him. Yeah, and some, probably a lot more significant than that. But yeah, that, that, was, that was an unusual one. I really thought, oh my God, what's happening here? Um, right, that, that was, I was in the papers for that one. <laughs> But, but I mean, you're looking back on it quite fondly, but um, I mean, it could have been a serious situation, couldn't it? Well, when I said I got a, a, a row, it was a, and it didn't happen, it often happen with the SFA with me, it was a, a, a kind of encouraging row because they said in fair play to them, um, said, you have no idea if you had a weapon on you or on them or, or whatever, but I, I didn't think about it. It's just instinct kicked in. Fair play to you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's probably still sore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look ahead then to the, the semi-finals at the weekend. John Beaton's got Hearts Hibs, the sequel, and Bobby Madden's in charge of the Rangers-Celtic game. Like you just said, you know, the Edinburgh derby was such a tame affair at the weekend. <laughs> Sod's Law is going to be explosive now at Hamden, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Aye, well, it's written in the stars. It's going to go mental. <laughs> and Bobby's got the, the old firm semi-final. Now, that, that normally means that he wouldn't get the final now because that seems to be the protocol of the SFA. And obviously, by definition, John wouldn't get it either. We're just looking at it and we're just wondering what they would do now, the SFA, in terms of that appointment. Yeah, con- convention has it that if you do this, the same, you don't get the you, know, you don't get the final. I don't see the logic in that. I, I personally, I think that uh, the best ref during the season should get that should get that accolade. Personally speaking, um, I think it should be Bobby that gets it, and it doesn't matter if he's doing the uh, the, the semi final. Now, obviously, if he does that game, and I'm, I'm just saying it because I don't have any doubts for a second, if he has a, a nightmare, then fair enough, you, you don't give him the final. But otherwise, no, I, I think he more than deserves to get it. I think it was back in 2018, Des, that Kevin Clancy got the Motherwell-Aberdeen semi and then he did Motherwell-Celtic in the final. So it's, it's happened fairly recently, but that was a fairly one-off occasion. Yeah, these these things are they're, they're long-term planned and the SFA and the, and the way they do things, they, they try and do it in a logical order. Kevin did do it in 2018 and deservedly so. I think it would be highly unusual that if you do the semi-final and then you get the final. Now, I know Nick Walsh isn't on either of them, he done it last year. For me, I'm I'm with Steve. I think Bobby has been terrific. Uh, I think Nick has had a really really good season. He's really establishing himself as one of our, if not our leading official. But going back to that, we've really got a shallow pool that we can that we can call from. And it would traditionally be that the referee that done the the national cup final in the year of a major tournament, they would do that prior to them going to a mm-hmm. world cup or a Euros or whatever. But see the fact we don't have any officials going to the world cup next year. It really shows that we've got a, 
as I said, they a shallow depth mm -hmm. to, to to pick from. Personally, I think that Bobby. It, it, between Bobby and Nick for me mm. and if Bobby has a good game in the semi-final I don't think that should discount him from the final it's like a it's like a player you're not going to drop your best player for your team so why should they be affected in the other way if you're a referee mm. if you're the best referee you deserve the match makes perfect sense to me mm -hmm. Steve but when did ever that come into it? it indeed um, and yeah uh, we're saying it, it sounds far too logical but yeah sometimes the SFA and logic don't uh, make for best uh, bedfellows but I absolutely, I think it's it doesn't make any sense that you don't give it to your your best player. And not only do we have a, sh a shallow pool of people that can do it, the SFA seem to make it even more shallow in that they they pick specifically only from uh, their FIFA guys. So it doesn't matter how magnificent a season anybody who's non FIFA gets it. That's the the very very select few that they they choose from, and I think they they shoot themselves in the foot sometimes. It, Absolutely. Last word, it's the best best guy that gets it. Yeah, that's the way it's got to be. You get there in your mm -hmm. own merits. Yep. And by the same token, Nick Walsh did last year's final, albeit in front of no supporters and Johnson against Hibbs. And that that just doesn't happen. You don't get it back to back. It would appear looking back the last twenty five years, you know, the same referee hasn't done it. I think you have to go back to the late like, early eighties, maybe Bob Valentine or Brian McGinley or guys like that. Yeah, I think maybe George Smith. Anyway, that or George Smith. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and I'm going to contradict myself slightly, and I, I don't think no being unfair to Nick I don't think that he should be in consideration for it again because it's consecutive years but I did say uh, before that it should go to the best ref and Des said he thought he was maybe the best this season I, I don't agree I think it's uh, Bobby but either way it should go to the best guy uh, and that should be the only consideration yeah no it's not to say that Bobby's not a good season that's that's um, that's not what I was inferring um, I think those those two are ahead of the other oh, guys yeah. um, head and shoulders which I think we can we can agree on. So for me, whether it's Bobby, whether it's Nick, it's just whoever's the best man on, best man for the job. So we'll see how Bobby goes at the weekend. I'm sure he'll have a great game. He's done this game numerous times before. That's why they're entrusting him with it. And then we'll, then we'll, then we'll move on. Mm -hmm. What's the solution then to try and get, encourage better talent to come through the ranks at the moment? Are, are you happy with the, the procedures in place, Steve? Or do you think more work needs to be done? More work always needs to be done. There's no such thing as perfection. Um, but I think sometimes, uh, and not speaking out of turn, um, that I, sometimes I don't think the, the SFA and the refereeing department accept sometimes that they've got lots of work to do. Uh, they do kind of try and let rest on their, their laurels, but our laurels are dying away over uh, the past few years. <laughs> but we're not, and I'll say it in defence of our guys, with a lack of VAR and all the rest of it, we've not given... Our, our people the best opportunity to learn from the best and develop and become the best that, that's just not fair on them No it's, it's it, recruitment's always been a, a difficult subject within the within the SFA and particularly for refereeing because it's, it's not a glamorous role let's be honest mm -hmm. um, but it's the recruitment it's the education and the development that Steve's alluded to so that's where the that's where the majority of the work should be. It mm -hmm. should be looking for the next Bobby Madden, looking for the next Nick Nick Walsh, and I know they've got it within within the education, the SQA qualification. But I would love to see the retention figures from that. Yeah, I would really like to see it. I go and watch junior games quite frequently as well, and I don't see the level there that I would think, oh, he's the next one coming through. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a it's a very it's a shallow pool at the very top, and as you drop down, it's Get into a paddling pool. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's, it's always been retention. The the 
When we were doing the, the, the course, and I know things have changed drastically, the number of guys, you just saw it dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And even when you had to do your couple of games at the end of it, there was only very few of us uh, saw it out. So that's, they really, really have to grasp the nettle uh, on that one. And I know, you know something needs to be done. It's always, always a saying. But we really did uh, do, do need to. Yeah. Who knows? The next Bobby, the next Nick is one of those guys that just thinks, you know, I can't, can't be arsed with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you know, we need to be retaining as many as we can do. Absolutely. You, you touched on VAR there, and I'm glad to see, Des, that the, the powerful authorities of that B have decided to follow your advice <laughs> in terms of the dissemination of the of money to pay for VAR, which comes in next season, we hope, or perhaps next season, if they vote for it on the 19th of April. Yeah, um, I'll be looking for an agent's fee in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's the only reasonable and plausible manner that they can do it. You, you can't go asking clubs in League 2 and Lowland League etc for a contribution of X amount of thousands of pounds mm-hmm. for a system that they're never going to be involved in. So Rangers and Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, the Premier League clubs, they will they will obviously be the ones that are using it. I, I just think that's a, a reasonable a reasonable way to do it. Um, from, was it 16.9% down to just over 5%? Five. Yeah. yeah. Is a split between the, mm. the top 12 clubs? Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. It seems the only rational way, Steve, doesn't it? So you you, yeah. you, you take the percentage from the top down um, incrementally, just so that it's roughly uh, the same sort of idea. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, and we've talked long, uh, long and weary about it. Celtic Rangers are going to get many more decisions than, than anybody else because they're attacking more. So it makes sense that they should pay more. It's, it seems sensible to me. But it, it maybe makes sense. We talked the other week about 75% of all the leagues had to uh, vote for it. So it makes it a wee bit more obvious then that League Two are going to vote for it if they don't have to cough up anything. So <laughs> aye, and much happier with that. And as we said, why would Kelty vote for it um, when they're only going to use it once every five or six years? But even again, even again, we, we touched on it before, why are they not looking for commercial opportunities, Des? You know, it seems like a, a real missed open goal here. It, it does. I mean, it's going to be plastered everywhere. So if there's going to be screens in the stadium, if there's going to go to a, a television monitor, They've got to monetise it. If you can monetise your shirt sleeve and monetise the back of your shorts, surely the SFA of Mr. Trick or their marketing department of Mr. Trick and saying, do you know what? We can have brand X across the top of a monitor or on a television review and it's going to be viewed all the time because all we see on sports scene and, and match of the day, or match of the day, not sports scene because we don't have it, but you see in match of the day in Sky TV, live English games, you see them constantly going to VAR and you, the little bit spinning and what's mm-hmm. it waiting for. I don't know, Dougie's mentioned it before as well. It's it's an absolutely fabulous way to get your brand out there mm-hmm. and it'll be less of a financial impact on the on mm-hmm. the clubs. Yeah, we, we mentioned it here. We talked about yeah. it here. And if, if we can come up with that idea, surely God, they can and the, the marketing people because... It's, it's not going to take listening to us saying that it's a, a marketing opportunity and there's guys out there that's their job without a shadow of a doubt I would imagine that they, they'll be making these inquiries Absolutely. and again agents fee mm-hmm. <laughs> yes well thanks again guys good to talk to you this evening good luck to John Beaton and Bobby Madden at the weekend and we'll be pouring over their performances next time cheers cheers, cheers.